What's shaking, cats and kittens? Rob Lee here for this month's presenting sponsor, Night Owl Gallery. Night Owl Gallery is an intimate, artist-run exhibition space showcasing the original paintings and fine art prints of Beth Ann Wilson. Also, it features curated goods from local artists and craftsmen. You'll be sure to find one-of-a-kind gifts, handcrafted jewelry, home decor items, along with a few vintage treasures. Located in the rear of 248 South Conklin Street in Highlandtown, across from the Sally O's, Night Owl Gallery is a unique space that brings together Wilson's love of the arts, community, and culture. Additionally, Night Owl Gallery hosts an array of arts and crafts workshops throughout the year and participates in community events, many of which are free and open to the public. So in this ever-changing world, safety is their priority. So feel free to join them and hit them up online at www.nightowl.gallery. Tell them Rob Lee sent you. Welcome to Getting to the Truth in This Art. I am your host, Rob Lee, and today's guest is owner, entrepreneur, architect. You got everything. You got everything. We have Kalila Wright from Mess in a Bottle. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, yeah. So I want to get right into it. I, I've seen, I've seen, um, I've seen you in, in different videos for different things within the business and entrepreneurship community here. So this is um, totally a pleasure. Uh, so for those who are uninitiated, give that that quick spiel on what your background is and what your work is about. So Mess in a Bottle, we're a t-shirt company and we put messages on t-shirts and they come packaged in a reusable bottle. Um, I started the company in 2016, shortly after um, the Freddie Gray uprising here in Baltimore, Maryland. So Freddie Gray, an African-American male, he died while in police custody. And, um, you know, it happens in my Baltimore City community. And it really kind of forced me to want to, um, you know, uh, foster the conversation and to give a voice to the voiceless. Uh, so that's kind of how Mess in a Bottle um, was birthed. And um, it stems from the 310 BC concept of receiving a message in the ocean. So, you know, this was my way of sort of being able to start important conversations um, with the message. And I, I dig the messages that are in there. I was like, this is, this is super black. This is definitely hitting on those <laughs> notes. And I was just like, that's, that's the thing that always has to be like, just in the conversation. I was like, there's a lot of things that are out there that we can purchase and we put on our bodies, but they're not really saying anything. And I think with the product right. you're putting out there, you're definitely saying things, you're, you're saying things that feel authentic for people that look like you and I. So I applaud you on that. Yep, I agree. Thank you. So I read that you're a trained architect. Um, what skills in architecture have you relied on in transitioning into fashion and entrepreneurship? Um, definitely like a project management skills and um, and just designer skills, um, as well as, you know, just really navigating and being able to, um, you know, lead a team as well. So those are all things that I, I learned, um, you know, through my career as an architect, you know, problem solving. Um, those were all things that, you know, initially I didn't know, but going through school and going through my architecture career, it really has allowed me to get comfortable with, um, you know, just also being a black woman in a room, you know, architecture, you don't see that very often. So those are all things that, architecture really introduced me to. So now as a designer, I was able to, um, 
be able to stand in spaces and not feel uncomfortable or go through adversity and problem solve and figure things out, hiring a team, you know? So there's just numerous things that I think that architecture really prepared me for within my current profession. It's great to see that transition from, I think one type of profession or career trajectory that seems to be different ultimately where you place out at and then hearing how people connect those things. Like, like my, my ears perk up, although I'm wearing headphones, my ears perk up when you mm-hmm. say problem solving, because, uh, I came out of the illustrious Morgan state university as I raised an eyebrow, uh, with a background in marketing and, and business. And I did that for the first like five years of my career. And then it was just not long-term, not sustainable. And, I always wanted to do something that was more creative. So like in the last eight years, I've been working in higher ed and doing this podcast endeavor and well, the podcast endeavor for longer than that, like, you know, 12 years, but in the last eight years working in higher ed and being able to combine those things and taking from the problem solving, taking from like how things should look and how things should be rolled out and the project management piece. But it's always interesting to see, what someone's uh, creative philosophy is and how they go about transitioning from one career that may seem different to another career. So that's, that's great. Thank you for sharing. Yeah. You know, I really feel like architecture to me really aligned with, um, I'm a designer and that's what, you know, I just went from designing buildings to now designing clothes to now running a company, you know? So to me, my design background really just aids me in all these different, you know, if I wanted to become, you know, I don't know what next, but, you know, I'm sure I could still allow my design background to really lend to to whatever profession um, I would go into. Yeah, I think in part is is how one views it. Like, you know, I, I go into any job because I haven't made the complete entrepreneurial jump yet. But when I go into a job, I I don't try to hit them or go into any interaction. I don't try to hit them with what I think they want. I try to sell myself as is out of the box. I'm a problem solver. If that's what you want, let's go with it. Mm-hmm. And it just resonates. Yeah. It's transferable. So in, in getting into the space and um, of, of, of what your 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 uh, your business is, how how were you able to distinguish yourself from competitors? Um, to distinguish myself from competitors, you know, I think that I did this really interesting thing by putting the messages like sort of in a bottle. Um, I think that you know maybe I pulled from the marketing component of learning a couple things in architecture, um, but you know, the marketing component of having a story, being able to storytell and, um, you know, connecting people with the message and allowing them to really resonate with the product that I was, that I was, um, designing. And so I think that, um, you know, I really stood out because I was able to, as I said before, give a voice to the voiceless. I said things in a very like kind of, um, different way that people might've been thinking, but not as free to say. Mm -hmm. And so I think that really allowed me to, you know, stand out uh, pretty well in the marketplace. Well, you you touched on something. So I'm going to skip one of my questions. I'll come back to it later, but uh, you you touched on it and I don't want to bury the lead. Um, So authenticity, right? Authenticity is important mm-hmm. to your brand and, and what you're putting out there from the whole gamut. Like I, I, I did some, some sneaky internet work. Um, <laughs> it, it's, it's also, um, appears to be at a premium these days that, that authenticity idea, people want to present themselves as being real. And we all know it's kind of weird to try to do that via social media because a lot of mm-hmm. things on there are fake. How, how do you maintain 
uh, whether it be in your personal brand, professional brand, however you want to frame this, how do you maintain the idea of authenticity? Um, so, you know, it's really interesting that you asked this question. And I think that, so I've spent my whole, most of my life being very open, very free, being, you know, very vocal and saying, you know, sort of how I feel. Um, and, you know, I sort of, um, it's an interesting question because this morning a Facebook memory like popped up and this memory was uh, pretty much like I used to give all of me maybe five, 10 years ago where I would tell you down to the underwear I had on, I feel like, you know, so I would bring people all the way in my house. And now, you know, 10 years later with growth, with evolution, with age, you know, I've become very, a little bit closed in mm -hmm. where I don't want to share, you know, some of, and I, I think that I now use my apparel to sort of speak for me. Um, you know, um, I'm allowing kind of like my voice to be heard, but just with my, um, with my clothing brand and not so much as telling people, you know, who, you know, people have learned who I am. And so, you know, and I think that um, it's quite, it's an interesting question because I was looking through these memories and I was like, I can't believe I was sharing like this much of me. Um, and, you know, um, and I think that I've now learned, it's so funny because I think a lot of people go from being a introvert to wanting to be an extrovert. Right. And I'm now, I feel like doing the reverse where I was an extrovert and I'm slowly crawling into this shell. And, you know, and I, it's been a, a bit of a time like examining, is this good? Is this bad? Is this who I want to be? But I definitely think that with age, you start to kind of question how much of like kind of visibility. And I guess maybe also now I've been placed, you know, um, sort of in this thing in which people now view me and see me so I think that it's also forced me to become more protective of myself. That's that's legit. I as um as a posted person that overshares and been doing a podcast through uh, different decades of my life and just like, oh, here's my authenticity. I'm going to be as genuine as possible. And then people coming back, whether it be and uh, people close to me or whether it be people who want to get to know me. And it's like, yeah, so listen to episode 200. And when you said this, I was like, ah, uh, I don't remember saying that. But <laughs> right, right, right. Oh, so you feel my pain here. I do, I do. Because I'm like, oh, no, you shouldn't have said, oh, no. You, you know, like, I don't even think that we realize probably how far. But um, again, in regards to your question, though, I think what that is, you know, so many people, we've been conditioned in the last like 10 years to sort of, um, we've gotten used to filters, mm -hmm. you know, we've gotten used to seeing what it looks like with a Photoshop picture. We've gotten used to so many things that are just like not true. Yeah. That is just the smoke and mirrors. And so I think that the minute that someone is like truly authentic, crying, you know, showing raw emotions and not looking up at the camera to see if anybody's looking, people are like, is this real? Mm -hmm. Like you really, there's real emotions and they get really um, attracted and fixated on that as well, where, you know, for them also, 
it it feels like, wow, you know, you're actually showing us something we were not seeing in the world. So I think that also becomes like this thing where the authenticity is just because it's rare. Mm -hmm. It's not, you know, it's not um, presented that much anymore for us. It's it's like the same thing with that quote when people say, um, because kindness is so rare, people usually confuse it with flirting or or something along those lines. Uh I like that. (laughs) I think that men, I I talked, I I gotta look up that message because I feel like men have such a hard time with that because, um, you know, I joke about that with my friends, with my girlfriends, like someone holds the door for you and like, you know, single women are like, oh my God, he wants to marry me. (laughs) And I'm like, no, it's just the door. (laughs) You know, that's what his mama told him to do. That's it. Like, don't get it confused. (laughs) Just gluing his phone number on it. Like, yeah, just in case you want to (laughs) know. Right. Right. Yeah. (laughs) So, so speak on that, some of those, those early stages. So how, how was it like in, in, in getting funding or what creative strategies did you use to kind of work with what I assume was a more uh, minimal cash flow than you're, where you're at now? How, how was that? Speak on that a bit. Um, I mean, in the beginning, I did a lot of like bootstrap, like, um, you know, pitch competitions and really just trying to get my name out there. So anywhere and everywhere that I could be, um, I would be, mm-hmm. you know, um, I would go ahead and you know, go to any conferences and just make sure you could see my product. I would sneak into places, you know, that I couldn't afford to be in rooms that I couldn't be afford to be in and just, you know, be a fly on the wall. And so for me, um, you know, it was just really, um, I felt like having my name in those spaces, you know, meant more than just like the financial. I knew that that other stuff would come later on. Mm -hmm. And so that's kind of what I like focused on. And, um, you know, and financially it definitely was difficult, but I did a lot of pitch competitions and, you know, and some type of, um, you know, crowd, crowdfunding just to raise money to really get me here. That's great. That's great to hear. Cause I, I think, um, a lot of times, um, people see a dollar amount, they see an approach and it's just, you know, if it's not this bread or it's not that, then I'm not going to do it. And, you know, some of the people that I've, I've talked with and during this podcast or people I've just kind of just talked to in the whole podcasting scene, um, they just throw their ideas that it's like, this is not long-term sustainable. Like, are, are you getting yourself out there? What does your profile look like? Do people know who you are? And right. it's kind of putting the cart before the horse of, I just need to make this money and then I'll grow. It's like, that's not how it works you know, like in a, in a long-term sustainable sort of way. And, and again, going back to that notion I was kicking around of like being able to take from one area of what you're doing, like uh, taking the problem solving that you obtained uh, being an architect, being an architect and the design background and using that in what you're doing now, I think the same thing applies in that area of like, how are you getting yourself out there? Ultimately is what it is. Right. And people miss right. it. People miss it. And it's like, you know, you can be in the room, but people need to know who you are to get you in that room. Sometimes your presence has, yeah, your presence has to be felt. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and sometimes it's like, you have to ensure that um, you're speaking up for you and really making sure you you're getting noticed. And I don't think that a lot of people, you know, people want to be in the room, but they don't even know what to do when they get in there. Yeah. So that's, that's also a thing. 
yeah, I, I had to try to make a more conscious effort in, in working with uh, really like talented women over the last year or so. It's like, you need to do this. Cause I was like, what's not working in terms mm-hmm. of building out their profile. And it's like, people don't know who you are. It's like, I was like, but I'm six, four, I'm 300 pounds. People can't see me. And it's like, no, they don't see you because they don't really know who you are. Right. And Right. And it's just following some of the tactics that they put in place, building out a plan for me. And it's like, you need to get here. You need to get there. And I'm like, a, I'm a very coachable talent in that way. And, you know, people are hitting me up. People are recognizing me in the streets randomly. And I'm like, we're wearing masks right now. How do you know who I am? <laughs> it's like, yo, is that right. Rob? I was like, Hey man, how's it going? Mm-hmm. Um, so I have a few more questions and this is where it gets um, into the, the odder questions. Um, Cause I always like to have odd questions in here. Um, so, okay. so obviously you're multi-talented. You, you're, you, you do a lot of stuff. Like I said, I, I checked into the profile a little bit. Um, so what would be a, a hidden talent that not many people know that you have and what is a talent you wish you'd had? Um, a hidden talent that I have is I could jump double dutch. Because I'm from Brooklyn, New York, and Brooklyn girls know how to jump rope. Um, and a talent I wish I had. Oh, I wish I could sing, but I still try, but I can't. Um, so yeah, those are those are my two things. I'm I'm gonna run that by my partner. She's from Brooklyn. I'm like, look, so I, I know you got the knee issue, but uh, let's see this double dutch game. Let's see this jump rope game. She better get with it. She better get with it. She better be on it. Um. So if you had the opportunity um, to collaborate, work with someone creative in that creative kind of space, um, living or, or no longer living or what have you, who would you want to work with and why? Um, let's see. Who would I want to work with? Um, I'll take, I would love to work with Dapper Don. Um, I just think he's an icon in the industry. Um, and it would be just amazing, you know, just to see what he's done in the last, you know, um, many many years with um you know his brand and other brands and how he's been so influential um so i would want to work with zapatan that's great that's top tier uh last question um and i always like to do the shameless plugs at the very end like give everyone an opportunity just to make an ass out of themselves shameless plug it up plug it up plug it up uh describe the experience you've you've had as an entrepreneur operating in baltimore like how's it been being in the scene here within the community here um speak on that a bit i mean it's been cool um i don't know like my my fan base is still i think very new york um but um i think baltimore embraces me um the ones who know i'm here um and i mean you know it's a city that um i'm really still enjoying to like sort of get to know i've been in baltimore since graduating grad school for at least 12 or 13 years now and um and i i still feel like there's just so much to still learn about the city and so i think that's been quite um been quite interesting where i'm still getting to know the city and the city's still getting to know me yeah uh it's 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 one of those things I've, i've been here my entire life and uh I've learned more about the city during a pandemic where we're not able to go outside right, uh, right. <laughs> through, through interacting with people. And I, I think it's, you always hear about community, you always hear about that kind of inviting thing. And um, that mm-hmm. once you're, once you're in, you got to pass that test or what have you, once you're in, yeah. you're in. And um, I think that's how it goes. And I, I think we're, 
you know, we, we want to have community here and we want to be able to build it up. And some people look at it as like a stop as part of their journey, as opposed to this could potentially be where I land for, for that journey. Right. But it's always good to talk to people who are doing business here and choosing to do business here. You definitely got the New York thing going on, but we, I look at you <laughs> as a Baltimore brand. I look at you as a Baltimore brand. Yeah, I am. No, this is where I built my business. I totally agree. Lastly, shameless plug time. So uh, for those who are uninitiated, who are not following, who are not like just completely dipped with all of the social media and all of that stuff, website, all of that stuff, where can he find you? Where can he find your business? You can find me at uh, messinabottle.com to shop my t-shirts. You can find me at ownerofmess.com. And lastly, you can find my tea classes at theteaclass.com. See, right there, just simple. You've done this before, obviously. Uh, <laughs> some people stumble all over themselves, like, what's my social media again? I was like, I don't know. I'm asking you. Right. <laughs> so thank you so much. This has been great. Um, I've learned a lot. Glad, glad to get those those added details of the story because I've, I've listened to you and I've been on uh, different um, uh, chats with you in the past and it's good to get just more of what your story is. So thank you again. You're very welcome. Thanks for having me. Totally. So for Kalila Wright of the owner of Mess in the Bottle, I'm Rob Lee. And there's uh, business art, all of these cool things in and around Baltimore. Just got to look for it. <laughs>